Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This week, I wanted to talk about a topic that is really important to me. Over the years, I have traveled a lot to go and train places. I've traveled a lot for work. I've traveled a lot for fun. Traveling is one of my favorite things to do. And whenever I'm on the road, I always like to try to train different places to experience different jujitsu gyms and cultures and mat cultures and meet new people and just kind of see what's out there. So I wanted to talk about some things that have really helped me out while I've traveled to train. I thought this would be a really fun topic because I'm actually doing so right now. I'm at 10th Planet Decatur right now, which is one of my favorite places to train. They had a really fun event this week called the PGF Season 3, the Professional Grappling Federation. If you look on YouTube, there should be some really fun matches that they've had out here this week. And I'll be out here for a few days getting in some fun training before I head back to North Carolina. And I got a list of some things here that I think will help if you find yourself on the road wanting to drop in somewhere and train. So I'm going to start it off at the real logistical things, right? Before we get into more cultural stuff or more higher level ideas, just real basic things. I would always bring gi and no gi gear to anywhere you go to train. Even if you've looked on the schedule and you are planning to go to a certain class. This is just, it's just smart. You know, if you go to a gi class, you might have a really great time and people afterwards want to do no gi a little bit. And if you want to stay and keep training, it's a great option to have that. Um, conversely, there are just so many websites that are either out of date, there are, um, you know, mistakes on websites. And even if they have it right, a really great example, a few days before Thanksgiving, I went to go train somewhere and it was listed as a gi class. I get there and there's not many people inside training because it's right before Thanksgiving and they're all doing no-gi. And if I didn't have no-gi stuff with me, I wouldn't have been able to train, you know? I mean, I guess I could have kept on the gi pants and just trained in a t-shirt or something, but I just think it's always smart. If you have room on your traveling, in your gear, you know, on your in your bags and everything, if you have room for the gi, I would always bring gi and no-gi stuff to anywhere you go to train. So that is just sort of rule number one. Rule number two, I would say, is just general etiquette. Like, treat it how you would treat a job interview, a date, an important meeting. Be there early. You know, early is on time. On time is late. Late is fired is sort of what my dad always told me growing up. Be punctual. You, if you're dropping in somewhere, they may not care. It may be a school that's very laid back, but it's just never, you never want to be the person that's visiting another school, making a first impression. Whether you know it or not, you're going to be making a first impression. You don't want to be late. While it's true that maybe nobody cares, maybe they do. And it's just not, not a position you want to put yourself in before class starts at all. This feeds right into another point, which is getting there early will give you time to introduce yourself to everybody at the gym. 
even if you don't introduce yourself to every single person, you can at least introduce yourself to whoever's running the class, whoever's working the front desk, and at least some of the people in the gym. Depending on where you visit regionally, um, I know this is true in the United States, in some parts of Europe. I'm guessing this is true everywhere. People in different areas behave differently, right? You may be somewhere that has a student body that's a little colder, and maybe they aren't as warm and welcoming, or maybe you drop in somewhere that is very warm and welcoming. Maybe it's sort of a family atmosphere. But if you don't know, you can just always take charge of that, take that destiny in your own hands and go and introduce yourself to people and just say, hey, I'm such and such. I'm from this location. Looking forward to training with you tonight. And that really just, it puts you on a good foot. Make strong eye contact, shake people's hands, and just be assertive and confident. And that'll go a long ways towards, you know, people, will, they'll remember you too. When you drop in someone else's class, people have their own routines and their own training partners, their own groups of people that they're used to working with on a daily basis. So you might be there and they, they might have no problem with you at all. But it just you you might not be on their mind. So if you introduce yourself to people before class, you're more likely when it's time to get into rolling, when it's time to get into positional training, if people break off into groups, people will be more likely to go, oh, yeah, this person introduced themselves before class. Yeah, grab them real quick. Yeah, let's train with them. You're more likely to get partners when it's time to actually go live. Now, once you've introduced yourself to everybody, then that's the time, in my opinion, to kind of take a step back and just kind of play it cool and relax and just see how the room is. If things end up feeling a little bit cold and you aren't brought that much into the fold, if you feel a little bit frustrated by that, or if you feel a little bit left out, just chalk that up to the experience. Don't try to don't try to push it, you know, um, not too much. Don't try to force yourself to be brought into the circle if you're not. I I do think it's really important to kind of let people choose how much they want to bring you in, you know. So you've done your best job at this point, you know, to come in, you know, enthusiastic, eye contact, shaking hands, introducing yourselves to people. And then once that's happened, I think it's really important to just step back, let them run class how they do it, and let people decide at that point how much they want to bring you into the fold or not. This moves right into mat culture, which is probably the most interesting part of this whole topic and where you're gonna get the most lessons, the most feedback, and the most tools to take home and think about when you're done with your visit. This is also where it's really important to do that point I talked about that is about kind of being cool and just sort of playing the background and letting things dictate how they are. So I'll give an example of this, right? If you're at another school and it's a no-gi class and they play heel hooks there and you aren't big into heel hooks at your gym or maybe your gym doesn't even allow it, play by their rules, right? So this is the biggest thing. If, the, if you take nothing else away from this, I would take this away. If you're in someone else's school, it's their house, play by their rules, even if you don't agree with it. So in using that heel hook example, if you don't feel comfortable 
playing with heel hooks, depending on the culture of your own school. If you don't feel safe playing them, by all means, feel free to say that. You know, stick up for yourself. I, I'm not saying to just roll over and 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 let anything happen to you when I say to play by their rules. But what I am saying is there's a way to frame that, right? If you aren't comfortable doing what their rules are, you could just say, hey, when you slap before you slap hands with somebody to roll, you can say, hey, we don't really play heel hooks at my school. Or you could say, hey, I'm not very comfortable with heel hooks. Could we roll without them? Or you could even say, hey, you know, I'm, uh, you could even make something up. You know, you could say, my knee is my knee is injured, my ankle's injured. Could we play without heel hooks in, in this round? That's the way to play that situation. What I have seen people do before, it may, it may not sound that common, but I've absolutely seen people drop into gyms and go, oh no, these are dangerous. We shouldn't do this. Or oh, my coach doesn't let us do heel hooks, so uh, I'm not okay with being heel hooked. Or, oh, we're rolling in the gi and you're reaping my leg right now. At my gym, we aren't allowed to do this. You know, but maybe the gym that you're visiting, they are okay with, with reaping the leg in the gi. So you just want to, you know, you just play it cool. It's just a one, it's a one-time experience. Maybe you're there for a few days, but regardless, it's a short training experience. So you just want to just, you know, almost treat it like you're traveling. When we travel to other countries, ideally, we want to kind of experience how they do things there, right? We don't want to bring our way of life or our way of doing things to other places and sort of infringe on that, you know, when in Rome, right? So we want to do what they're doing in this gym. If this gym is, is, is reaping in the ghee, let's try that out for a night. Let's try that out for a couple of nights if we're there for a couple of nights. It's, it's a good experience, and it's going to give us a lot of feedback on our own game and a lot of really cool points of view and perspectives that we may not have had beforehand. I strongly believe in this win in Rome way of training when we're visiting other schools and doing our best to play by their rules while being respectful. I just did a podcast episode on the importance of rolling every round and not taking rest rounds off if we aren't injured. And I think that's a really important thing to do at other schools as well. You know, you we're going to a class at someone else's school. We're there for the experience. If they want us to roll for six, six-minute rounds, let's try to do all of them. You know, if we're really exhausted... Sure, I guess we can call it early, but try our best to, to tough it out and do their class format exactly how they want it to be done. Now, you may see something really stupid while you're at class. You may see the example I have written down here is can openers. You may see can openers being taught as a submission, not just a guard opening technique, but as a submission. That could be the focus for the night. And you may think this is just the dumbest thing ever. Why am I training somewhere that is spending all night teaching can openers. Don't make a scene about it. Just participate in the class, laugh about it later, but, you know, play it cool and don't, you know, don't be the person that raises their hand and says, hey, my coach back home says that this is the dumbest thing ever. Why are we doing this? You know, you can think that and have a laugh about it inside, but just to summarize this point about when in Rome, 
just play it cool. This is a time to fit in and pay attention to what's going on so you can take notes later. The next point I have written down here is to keep track of how you perform during live roles. There's a lot of science that indicates we don't perform as well when we are in new environments with visual stimuli that we aren't used to, auditory stimuli that we aren't used to. And I would say my experience uh, anecdotally supports this. Usually when I visit new gyms, I don't perform quite as well. Uh, and if I visit places multiple times, that tends to change. So the places I've visited to train the most are Chapel Hill Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, 50-50 Jiu-Jitsu, and 10th Planet Decatur. When I've trained at these places, the more I have trained there, I've noticed the better I've performed. It never quite feels like your home mats, but every time it does tend to feel a little bit easier. Speaking personally, anywhere I travel somewhere new, my first couple of rounds, I'm always going to get a really big adrenaline dump and a lot of nerves, and I'm going to kind of be gassed pretty quickly in the first couple of rounds. And then as I get used to being on those different mats, as I get used to just the sensation of being in that new environment, I'm going to start to get my wind back and improve a little bit. That's what happens with me. I know other people where that's not the case, but this is all really important stuff to pay attention to. And I would have, I would advise taking notes on this when you get home from your training and, you know, just keep stock of like, how did you perform? What rounds did you perform better in? Did you start off strong and then get tired near the end? Do you do what happens with me? And when you start off really tired and kind of gassed and sluggish, and then you start to pick up steam and feel more comfortable as you go. These are all really, really important things. And it's not quite the same as competing, but it's really good, really good feedback in the same way that competition helps your game improve a whole lot in a short amount of time. I think training in other people's schools will also help you jump up skill levels really quick. Um, it's just, it's a great way to push yourself and keeping track of your performance and how you perform under the pressure and stress of being in someone else's school where other people are maybe looking at your belt or your rank level and sort of judging you. And, you know, especially if you're at another school and you're maybe a purple belt, at least, you know, people are going to be coming after you a little bit. So it's a great way to, to pressure test your game and, and find out what's really fundamental and what works well for you when you're under the stress of, of having people really kind of coming at you. So that's another thing that I have here. Take note after you get done training, did people go harder at you? You know, did they did they show your belt a ton of respect and maybe not go at you as hard as people at your home gym? Or did they go at you a little bit harder? It's just something really interesting to pay attention to. One other really awesome thing you can pay attention to when you're out at these sessions is the games and styles of the people you roll with. This is my number one favorite reason to go train other places is to see how other people play. In my experience, it's very common that most places have sort of a game and style. So you can go to one gym, one dojo, and people are playing knee shield half guard on bottom and on top they're doing knee slice passing and they're taking the back. And most of the people you roll with will have that very similar style. 
You go to another place and everybody on bottom is playing lasso guard or spider guard. And when they're on top, they're toriando passing, leg drag passing. And maybe they're going to knee on belly and hunting like far side arm bars. It's very common when you go visit other places that there will be kind of one consistent game. And it's really interesting to test yourself against a bunch of people that are good at one style. In the fall of 2018, I moved from Wilmington, North Carolina to Durham, North Carolina, and I started training at Elevate MMA uh, under Cody Maltese. And if you know anything about Cody, his guillotines are absolutely ferocious. He has an awesome instructional product called the Guillotine System. You can go to theguillotinesystem.com and check that out. But where I had lived in Wilmington, I had one of the better guillotines in the city. It was definitely in my top three subs, and I would get multiple guillotine submissions every single night that I trained. When I moved to Elevate, it was a good month before I think I guillotined anybody that was above a white belt. And even the white belts were really difficult to guillotine. I remember just being so frustrated because that was sort of the culture of their school. Guillotines were instilled from day one. So many people knew how to attack guillotines. So many people knew top shelf guillotine defense that it was an attack that worked really well for me. And suddenly it took me a little while and I had to improve other areas of my game. And then my guillotine attack started you know, skyrocketing again because I had to build up that technique. I had been skating by on an above average guillotine, I would say, but not not as razor sharp as I needed to defend people or not as razor sharp as I needed to submit people that had that true A1 guillotine defense at a school like Elevate. And then this sort of made me wonder, were people back in Wilmington, were they, were, was I submitting them with guillotines because they were showing my guillotine too much respect? Was it really a technical deficiency on their defense? Or did they just give a lot of respect to that part of my game? And these are the kind of things that you can figure out when you train other places. If you have a very good half guard pass to mount, but you go to a gym where people have top-notch half-guard guard retention, you may find out that your half-guard passing isn't as good as you thought it was. Or it may end up being that you find out your half-guard passing really is as great as, as you think it is. These sort of things cut both ways. On one hand, people don't know you for the techniques that you're good for. So they aren't going to give you the respect on those techniques and those movements. On the other hand, they aren't expecting it because they don't know your game, so you can catch them by surprise. So it's a very good way to pressure test in the same way that competition is a great way to pressure test your best movements. You know, I would go to another gym and run the A game see where your A-game really stands, especially if you're someone that's not quite as interested in competing. This is one of the next highest level things you can do to really find out where you stand. When class is over with, 
I would pay attention to the room. Some schools, people will sit around, talk shop, continue to roll, continue to drill. Maybe your school does this, but pay attention to what they do at the gym you're visiting. If nobody's doing this and everybody clears off the mat, don't be the person that's out there trying to show you know, what your best moves are, talk and shop with everybody. If they're trying to clean the mats and get people off of them, go ahead and head off the mats. If people are sitting around and continuing sort of a post-class format and everyone's sitting around talking shop, by all means, you know, participate in that and, and soak up as much as you can. Ask people questions. This is a great time before class. If you didn't get to meet everybody ahead of time, this is a good time to give a good lasting impression. Talk with people. Let them know if they're ever around your area that they're more than welcome to drop in. You know, exchange numbers, exchange social media info with people, and you can build some really strong, lasting friendship. Some of my best friends in the world are people that I have met when I was out of town and dropped in different places to train. So you can build some really, really cool relationships with people. So as a quick recap, I would say pay attention to logistics. Bring your gi gear and your no-gi gear to every class, regardless of what it says on the schedule. Show up early. Get a read on the room, introduce yourself to people, strong eye contact, shaking hands, letting people know where you're from, how long you're around, good manners, and then let them dictate how much they want to bring you into the fold. If it feels kind of cold and uncomfortable, that's okay. Just talk it up to part of the experience. Don't try to push it. When class starts, just play by their rules. Do the class format how they want to run it. When it's time to roll, unless you're very uncomfortable with certain techniques that are clearly a part of their mat culture, don't make a big deal out of it. If you are worried about your personal safety, express it in a way that's not uh, insulting to them or demeaning to how they train. Just be mindful of how you frame it. Again, don't say, you know, my coach says this is a really dangerous way to train. Just say, hey, can we leave out XYZ techniques today? Uh, I'm not as comfortable with them. Most people will definitely accommodate that. You know, don't don't be the person that's trying to, you know, coach other people when you're in someone else's house or, or say how your school does this or that. And if you see something you think is kind of ridiculous, just play it cool and, and, you know, keep note of it. Pay attention to your performance. You know, pay attention to how you performed compared to how you roll in your own school. And when you get back to your hotel or your Airbnb, wherever you're staying, take notes on how you performed in class while it's still fresh in your mind. I'm not a huge note taker after classes, but when I travel, I do tend to take a few more notes. And then pay attention to the games and the styles that they played at the school in the big picture. You know, notice did everybody play similar games? Did everybody play different games? Did you notice any trends? This is all just kind of fun stuff to take stock of. And most importantly, just have a great time. You know, traveling is one of the coolest parts of life, I think. And it's one of the most fun and rewarding things that we can do is to get outside of our own backyards, our own comfort zones, and really push ourselves. And this is just a great way to make friends for life and expand your horizons. Speaking of expanding your horizons, one last thing I would say if you are predominantly a gi player or predominantly a no-gi player, at least once in your jiu-jitsu journey, try to visit a school 
that does predominantly the thing that you're less comfortable with. So if you're mostly a gi player, try to drop in to a no-gi school at least once. And if you're predominantly a no-gi player, try to drop into a gi school at least once. It may be super uncomfortable. You may end up hating it or you may end up loving it. Regardless, you'll end up going away appreciating something that you didn't before. I did want to give one brief request before I close it. The feedback has been really awesome. It's been a lot. I've gotten some really awesome DMs on Instagram and Reddit. It would help a lot if I got some feedback on the apps as well, especially Spotify and Apple. Um, If you have the time and you feel like leaving any of the same kind words in those places, it would really help me a lot. And thanks again for listening. We'll keep this thing going. And just wanted to send much love and appreciation to everybody. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace.